Hi guys, welcome to Film Happy Hour. This is a podcast where we're reviewing movies and TV shows with the assistance of cocktails. Every week I'll have a guest that has an interest in film and TV and get their opinion on the films or TV shows that they've been watching lately. From writers and directors to everyday movie lovers, I'm planning on getting everyone involved. And this week we have Katie Smith-Wong, a film critic that has written for a number of publications, for example, Digital Spy, Den of Geek, Hey You Guys. She has mentioned that she wants to raise awareness about Asian representation, not only in mainstream media, but also film criticism, showing that diversity is the way forward in the entertainment industry. Hi, Katie. Hi. Would you like to talk about yourself and let the listeners know who you are? Um, okay, well, um, I'm Bison Nadan. I've been, uh, review- been writing film reviews for around 10 years. Um, the, the the number of um, like websites tend to vary from both North America and the UK, now mostly in the UK. Um, so yeah, you, you've already mentioned uh, my main my main goal is to raise awareness to Asian representation, not only on screen, but on paper or on in film criticism. And hopefully, uh, you know, with the influx of Asian led films that are coming out at the moment hopefully that goal will be a little bit easier that's lovely I think that's um one of the other things that I saw when I was finding a way to contact you um when I typed your name in google it's one of the first things that come up about your passion about Asian representation and I think um it's quite sad that we've had to wait and we've had to fight for representation but I'm kind of happy to see that the ball is rolling in terms yeah definitely especially when in the in the UK when you know in the US there's so many Mm -hmm. Asian American film critics TV writers and it's like it feels it it there in the UK there is some movement towards it but it's not on us on a big on such a big scale and it's something that I kind of like to work towards Mm-hmm. Uh, that's couldn't have worded it better myself that's <laughs> <laughs> that's really well put you're listening to film happy hour with snow this episode we're going to be reviewing bridgerton season two first and had, did you watch season one when um yeah. <laughs> yeah it was it was just one of those it was one of those series that was constantly on my netflix suggestions really i can't yeah and i was just like nah, i'm not sure but then i watched the trailer i was like who who's that and <laughs> we all know who we're talking about so it's yeah. like just kind of binge <laughs> so i just ended up watching and loving it and so when the second series dropped i'll be like yep just gonna watch that yeah. Get it all over the with so that you know I don't want to have people spoiling things online yeah. or anything yeah. like that so it's just like it's out of the way yeah no I, I completely get it I think I fell in the same boat I was I was just scrolling through I think this was the time when Netflix would like put whatever this was before the 10 9 8 7 6 thing it was just like yeah. this came out smack bang and I was like okay I don't know if I'm really into period drama like that but this is a good looking cast I'll give it a try and then I just found myself watching episode one then I was on episode three then I was on episode five then I was like okay so I guess I'm I'm into this um, <laughs> I really I really liked it I kind of I feel like sometimes watching shows that are a bit lighter especially I'm someone I don't I don't have a really good connection with romance in terms of film I don't know I just mm. I just I feel icky sometimes so especially rom-coms so I find it hard oh, no. so I'm, I'm the same I just I think I've just got I think as I've gotten older I've just become more cynical I can't enjoy yeah. the cheesy rom-com anymore yeah. it's like when I watched Marry Me earlier this year I think 
if I just switched off my brain and just enjoyed it, I probably would have enjoyed it more. Yeah. But because I was like reviewing it, yeah, you had to kind of be critical. see it for what it was. Yeah. So no, no, I I totally get it. No, I, I yeah, because what was it? Um, I was gonna mention it later, but I just slightly like I was watching Cheaper by the Dozen, the new one. Yeah. I was like Gabriel Union and yeah, Sarah. yeah. I was like, what, what is this? <laughs> I felt like, I, I like, this isn't for me. But I was like, I watch Disney films. Like, I know I do. Like, I know I like Cheaper by the Dozen 1 and 2, the older ones. And I know I've rewatched them. So I know it's not me. But I was like, maybe I needed like a like an off switch in my head. And maybe I'll be able to pick up on the jokes and the little stuff. But I was like, yeah, this, this, isn't, this isn't for me. Yeah, um, I think you can tell by the first two, one or two episodes, whether yeah. it's, it's, it, it, you, you carry on. Yeah, no, I think um, I've only just started to, I was very critical in the beginning. Well, when I first started getting into film, I was like, okay, if you don't catch me in the beginning, I'm not watching you anymore. And so now I I think my, yeah, that was my new resolution last year to stop that, to just get, <laughs> like, just watch it, just give it the time of day. Give, even, if, even if it looks eerie, even if it feels eerie, just give it the time of day. Maybe they're going to pick it up later. Yeah, it's like you don't you know what's gonna happen by yeah. by the end by the time the credits hit. Yeah, I was kind of like that with the film that I watched last night. We'll probably talk about later. Mm. I kind of wish. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. No, I'm gonna say yeah, no, for sure. Um, this season stars Jonathan Bailey, Simone Ashley, Phoebe Denver, Luke Thompson, and Nicola Coughlin. There's a couple more names. I just didn't want to go through the whole list, but re- majority of the people that were in season one were in <laughs> season two, aside from the Duke, just to, <laughs> just to put that there. So don't, when you're watching it, don't be like, oh, well, actually, the, um, there was a lot of talk about it on Twitter, so that everyone knows that he doesn't make a cameo this season. But how did you find season two of Bridgerton all right first of all I was very upset that you're not returning I will say I was one of those people like emoji crying sobbing face yeah online yeah and when, when he announced well he wasn't going to come back but I think you know it just you know one for one when one door closes and another one opens and then you have and in this case you have the addition of Edwina and Kate Sharma as the love interests for the now prom- uh, the prominent rake of the of of the um the show yeah so it was just i think a nice way to extend the color it's colorblind approach mm-hmm. in terms of casting as well as introduce so that also because because the whole the main story i'll call it season two of bridgerton mm-hmm. is all about anthony you don't want to have that him competing yeah with with the duke of hastings so maybe it is a smart it is a it's it's an understandable move mm-hmm. but it, it it's it feels weird without him yeah what i like about kate is that she is all about protecting edwina's as a as a prospect for marriage on in in this unfamiliar territory and um and i don't like the idea of her being called a spinster when she, at 26 years old it just feels a bit offensive but <laughs> I think she understands that she's not that kind of age where men are looking for in a bride. So she's putting her, she's she's imbuing Edwina of all the qualities, all the traits that make her this in in what a lot of people would think is a perfect woman, a perfect yeah. bride. Yeah. So no, I really like that. No, I com- I completely agree. And 
especially coming from someone that has younger siblings and you feel like you need to um, sacrifice certain aspects of your life or let go of certain things in order for them to be able to prosper. Now imagine in a time period that they're set in, if you've missed your time, you've missed your time, which is why when she was having a conversation um, with Lady, oh my gosh, I've forgotten her name. Danbury? Yeah, Lady Danbury. <laughs> when they were having a conversation, she was like, you seem content. And Lady Danbury was like, I'm content because I've lived already. Because when you put so much energy in your sibling and raising them and everything, you kind of forget about yourself. Because when they're happy, you're happy. And to see that on screen, especially um, in minorities, because that's pretty much where it's mostly found. It was nice to see. It was, it was, it was really... Yeah, I think that's kind of also the kind of approach that um, Anthony did in the mm. first season because yeah. he didn't want to step up to be to 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 find to get married and settle down and have a child in the first season so he was busy sleeping with you know sienna and mm. but now he's like he understands that the dynamic has switched he needs to do he needs to kind of be that the viscount that mm. he is expected of him mm-hmm. and so he and and you, know, you see all the other other siblings doing their own thing you've got Benedict, you know, his, the next sibling in the in the line, you know, pursuing a career in, in, in the Academy of Arts. And you have Colin, who's come back from Greece, and he's, and you know, they're kind of reestablishing themselves, almost preparing them for what they need to do next. Because, you know, there's eight, eight books, one of which is all each about the, each of them about the bridge, each Bridgerton child. Yeah. So we know it's like it's it's dripping it's, it's dripping the hints of what we are going to expect and it's going to help with continuity, yeah. especially if we are to see all eight siblings yeah. Yeah. being the focal point of the show. Yeah. And with how they picked it up as well, I was kind of worried. Um, obviously, they have the books for the source material, but. You know, some people can ignore that, even though the writer of the books is part of the team. Sometimes they get excited of how well season one's done. They're like, oh, you know what? Let's try this and let's try that. But the the change, even the opening scenes of season two, I was like, okay. I was like, I trust them. I believe they know what they're doing. And to even see the internal struggles that Anthony was having, being the Viscount, being the eldest sibling from not caring to, you know, sleeping around to like, okay, I need to make sure I get married. I need to make sure they have this and that and that kind of attribute. And then seeing that it's rooted in his relationship with his father and how his father's death implemented him. And I feel like, I just like the fact that we got to see a deeper, deeper side to Anthony. Obviously last season wasn't his main focus, so we weren't really shown that much, but I feel like the season two, we got to see, we got to see him on an emotional range, um, mental space as well, and socially. So it was, I think. Yeah, it, it was It was like um, Daphne was no longer out the picture. There's no shield mm-hmm. there <laughs> to yeah. protect him from the fact that he has to, he has to be, he has right. to go out on and look for a wife yeah. as his, um, as his mum so loudly pronounces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was doing it slyly. He was writing in a book and then taking people out for dinner. Yeah, I think, she, like... yeah he was, um, he was waiting for the right moment. Mm. and his mum just beat him to it <laughs> literally his mum turning around saying that you're gonna die alone because he was looking for perfection little did he know he found perfection in the woods you know on the horse you know while she was gallivanting uh, yeah that's i love that scene really? I, which one the first one where they were racing each other yeah mm. i like that as a, as a meet cute yeah yeah it was pretty cute it was because um because yeah. also because 
also displayed Kate as someone very different. She's not riding side saddle and she's not with a chaperone. Yeah. She's, you know, she's her own person. Yeah. And I think that attracted Anthony from the get-go. Yeah. Especially for somebody that is caged in responsibility to see someone just freely do whatever, but then later on also see that they're caged in certain things that can mirror, they can relate to. And that's why when Daphne was like, oh, I thought Anthony was going to marry someone that was basically him. I was like, he's found someone now. And yeah, I just, I love their scenes together. And the one, I think what blows my mind about the whole season as well is that I'm not a rom, like I'm not into rom-coms. So for me to feel so invested in Cantony as well, they call them, I just find it from, (laughs) (laughs) from the riding on the horse to her getting like later on falling off the horse and then they carry her back and he's like it's all my fault to the dancing um together when nobody showed up for the ball that they were hosting and they were laughing to the beasting it's just there were so many capturing moments of their love I think it was there's just more tension yeah yeah I think that because you know the, the, the little hints of of you know pride and prejudice yeah littered throughout the whole thing yeah. And it was that idea that you hate, you could hate someone so much, but still can't stop thinking about them. Yeah. So yeah, I I think that kind of captured me a bit more than overwhelming displays <laughs> of love. That's true. I kind of liked the slow burn as well. I think majority of the stuff that I've watched is very hit and go, hit and go. But here we waited like what seven episodes to finally see yeah. it or something. It is. It yeah. is. A, it, I mean, in terms of that kind of side to it because that was what made Bridgerton probably really successful in the first series yeah, yeah. this the, the amount of sexual content mm. is is I'm trying to say that with a straight face I'm so sorry <laughs> it's fine I the amount it. of the, the amount of sex is is much much lower mm. but it means that instead of all that stuff you just seeing the slow burn yeah between Kate and Anthony and I think that allowed the audiences to kind of fully invest into their relationship Mm -hmm. it's you can see that they can see that yes they can't stand each other but for somehow somehow they just attract to really attracted to each other and it just grows and grows and grows Mm -hmm. until that part of seasons in in uh, episode seven yeah (laughs) and I think another another relationship that I really I really love is Eloise and Benedict Mm -hmm. like their late late night chats yeah I I literally I love them so much I love how how like free they are with each other and how honest they are as well about certain things like them both accepting that they were failures (laughs) and just joking about it on the swings I was just like it was nice to see just the different elements. Even Anthony and Benedict, when Anthony was trying to help, trying to get help for writing a poem, like just the small elements of the Bridgerton household and seeing how they all interact with each other. Mm-hmm. And like I've just remembered when um, I've forgotten the youngest brother's name um, saw Gregory Anthony, Gregory saw Anthony in the in his dad's study, and then they just like bonded over their father mm-hmm. and the memory of him. And it was like, okay, the love thing is great. It's actually beautiful, but it was nice to see everything else. I, there is one thing that was the key thing was what will happen with Penn 
Penelope Featherington yeah. after the um, the bombshell from the first season. I'm not yeah. going to spoil it just in case no one else has seen it. But then seeing how she deals with that growing situation, especially what's going on in her household, mm-hmm. there's a new Lord Featherington mm-hmm. kind of intruding. Mm-hmm. And and you know, Lady Featherington is not sure what to do and treats Penelope like crap unfairly. Yeah. And it's just like and you kind of understand why Penelope does what she does. Yeah. But then also when it comes to come when you know when her friends are in danger, it's like who what's gonna be more important and then okay. yeah, and then that conflict and then you know, when everything kind of comes out to the open. Mm-hmm. That was a great reveal, by the way, when they put it together. Yeah. And it was just, oh, God, it broke my heart. To how, see you, you have an idea how you thought it was going to happen? Oh. I, I, I kind of, it, the reveal or the, reveal. the confrontation? The reveal, I did not see that. I didn't think they were going to do it that way. Okay. It, I felt a bit too simplistic. Okay. Consider, considering how much effort. Mm-hmm. was put into investigating yeah. everything yeah and then she makes some comments and that was it yeah. I was a bit oh you're underestimating her how many <laughs> yeah. times has has you know have they have they said to, it's like what well, I'm gonna find lady I'm gonna find lady whistle down and despite despite all all of their efforts in trying to find out to lady you know trying to prevent her identity from being revealed yeah for her to kind of for, for Penelope to just kind of sway into that mm-hmm. kind of gossipy yeah. persona was just a bit oh no <laughs> it's just it just felt so out of character as well because you didn't think that because she was she was supposed to be she's supposed to be smart yeah and she just lets her guard down yeah that one moment and it cost her yeah I mean it's just I think it also shows how easily I don't know whether the depth of the French the friendship between um, Eloise as well mm-hmm. considering how much time and effort Eloise has gone into mm-hmm. investigating little Sudanda because it came from you know it stems from season one for Penelope to just say that stuff and just let her guard down not only means that she may be comfortable mm-hmm. with Eloise you know she yeah. doesn't want to she didn't want to be the quote-unquote insipid wallflower yeah but she underestimated that she could Eloise would put it together. Yeah. Um, and so when the two of them just throw down, it was a bit like it was heartbreaking and it was more heartbreaking than satisfying to say the least, because um, you know, Eloise did lose someone close who who could have been a potential love interest and Penelope lost a friend. That had a more emotional effect on me mm. than someone finding out who Lady Whistledown was. Yeah. Obviously. Um so but especially as Penelope doesn't seem to be willing to give that moniker up. Because I think, especially when like we all grew up with like a childhood friend and then sometimes life happens, sometimes, you know, a fight happens and then you don't stop talking to them. So it leaves a a certain wound. So to see how they're going to navigate that next season is going to be pretty interesting. But then also how fast she went back to writing as Lady Wilson as well. Like I feel like she as an escape because, you know, her mum, her siblings, that's her life isn't really up to date but for Lady Wilson it's a mantra you know so she can just escape into it and she can just write and be who she wants to be 
Yeah, I think she, yeah, she, you're right. She just needed an outlet because yeah. by that point, she had stopped writing because of what happened with Eloise. Yeah. So I think she just needed to reaffirm that she is doing something mm -hmm. for herself. Yeah. And there is a, it is a means of income mm -hmm. and that people actually want to hear from her. Yeah. despite who she might is might be so yeah i'm curious to see what they'll do with lady also down yeah slash penelope slash eloise <laughs> in the third, ser third, third the series yeah. yeah talking about um penelope how did you feel when she overheard colin talking to, oh uh... that was that was a that was a crap move <laughs> and 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 colin i'm sorry he's just such a douche <laughs> he's so inconsiderate yeah because he seems to, he tells Penelope how special she is to him. Mm. And then, and seemingly unaware of her feelings towards him. Mm -hmm. And then for her, him to say something like that, don't know whether it was intentional, don't know whether it was truth, but it was either way, you don't say stuff like that about a friend. Yeah. Especially when you have someone like Lady Whistledown hearing everything yeah. that goes on. Mm -hmm. so, it's just like it was pretty uncalled for you know it was just a simple question are you courting no I'm not I love her dearly but no but he really like ripped her to shreds and how he described yeah. like oh my god I'd never do something like that like this is the lady that was writing it, it was very ungentlemanly like yes he's a, a bad gentleman bad gentleman <laughs> <laughs> That's, reminded me of Anthony I am a gentleman and you are a lady but I just uh, you know, in like in terms of all the siblings, I just feel like my favorite one at the moment is Benedict. I just feel like his facial expressions, his um, the way he is with his siblings, and you know what, with the way he is with women? Question mark because I feel like he doesn't know. <laughs> I just I feel like it, because there was, there was there was like some there's like hints of whether he is actually bi. Yeah, I'm yeah. wondering if they'll explore that in the third, in the next series because yeah. that'll that'll be quite an interesting watch because mm -hmm. it's also because it's, um it's always it would tie in with this whole bohemian lifestyle be, being an artist yeah. as well yeah. and it would kind of add that extra layer of um queer identity in, in the show who's your who at the moment would you say is your favorite sibling huh? favorite never really <laughs> I think with regard, yeah, I think Benedict might be the most most round, well-rounded character, but yeah. I think Hyacinth might be my favourite because really? she just doesn't seem to. She seems to be so excited about everything, yeah, and and yeah. and she doesn't seem unfazed by yeah. the politics and the scandal. All yeah. she just wants is just to be able to enjoy her joy life, enjoy everything. So mm -hmm. when she was asked to um, take part in the dance, and she was so excited. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's that's it. We don't want, we don't, nothing overly complicated. Just yeah. enjoy the moment, kind of thing. <laughs> no, of course. And I feel like we've we had um, a couple of those moments this season, and I think they they were beautiful to look at. You know, especially quoting off you on about the dance, how they all dance together. You know, two blended families just taking time off this wheel of we need to get married just to see all of that and then also see how fast they got shunned by the community it and was, how... it was really fast mm -hmm. it also meant that also penelope had to write super fast yeah to get that up 
Uh-huh. And just seeing it. Kudos to her though, because you know on job. writing can be hard. <laughs> Chili, she's always about it. Once the, once the pen hits the ink, she's ready, ready to go. Yeah. She knows she knows what to write. And there's like, yeah. you know, you when she she hands in her notes, there's no scribbles or anything. It's just that. <laughs> no you just print it off. It's just like, yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah. yeah, no. She was literally doing anything. She'll stand by the wall, listen to the guards, listen to everybody else, and then bam. That's it. The table's ready. She's writing the next edition. Then she'd go to the publisher, pretend to be a maid, change the accent. It was really very, you know, well, how would I describe it? Not That's slick. That's it. There you go. Very. I guess when you when your mother is your mother, you know, you get some conniving attributes. Yeah. There's like a determination. Yes. That she knows. She knows what's what there's like a pattern a routine that she knows what to do what to how to get around it like when she was like trying to negotiate like the, the faster job take uh-huh. money take this and i'll do this and you know she, she, there is there is a she has brains mm-hmm. it's just a shame that her the family don't appreciate them yeah i know i think it's like i feel like it's always the ones that don't appreciate that they're the ones that knock everything out the park yeah yeah well <laughs> but I think another thing they done really well in terms of British as a show was getting Julie Andrews to voice miss a voice lady was a turn I think that way yeah I think I think it wouldn't be the same without her yeah so I'm hoping that she just continues Mm -hmm. um I think I don't really have many um you know cons against this series I mean it's great Mm. it's just I think it's just a different pace yeah that's that's all really and you know it may not really sit well with people who just want the the, the fast yeah. action the fast the fat you know the, the the overly extravagant declarations of romance you know <laughs> that kind of thing the swooning yeah. and all that stuff but it's just like it's it's something different and you don't want to be Watching you don't want to have that same tone yeah otherwise it just gets a bit boring so no it's it's definitely a change of pace, mm. but one that is adaptable. Yeah. And I feel like it, it can be pretty hard for romance because I feel like with romance, there's only set ways to achieve the romantic cue. So for them to take slow burn and remodel it in the way that they did, and I would, I didn't feel bored, if I'm being honest. I feel like the the, the moments that they captured really helped in, make, in that one scene where they finally got together even more powerful from the music that they used to the tones and the close-ups like everything just worked together to build yeah. the picture and this is beautifully put I think I think it was I think it was a really nice show would you recommend someone to watch it uh yeah I would obviously <laughs> um I did full disclosure my husband caught uh sat with me for the last three or four episodes and just watched the whole of show and then watched the first season with me <laughs> so it's like That's and then he so, so he um yeah he was he he, he became a fan of Bridget <laughs> oh that's adorable <laughs> that's it yeah, bring bring the men over it's not just to feed everyone should be watching Bridget. yeah he he he's actually he told me that he was he didn't want to read spoilers from the from the oh. books about the next series because he didn't want to he wanted to catch the series when it hits next it, yeah. it hit Netflix, wasn't it? 
lovely i love that he's like i want a clear palette i want a clear mind exactly he didn't want to be tainted he didn't no. want to be no story spoiled no, no, or anything like that he yeah he, he wants to dive right in i, I salute your husband that's a great <laughs> mindset because i'm feeling the exact same one so <laughs> he's on to something like my friend um she she read the books okay so i haven't read the books so we're, we're watching whatever and then she'll be like oh do you want me to tell you i'm like no no <laughs> don't tell me because i'm okay knowing from the show that after i've digested from the show i can go and look at the material they sourced but i'm not going to read the book material yet because i know when you have too much information and then you watch the show it can clash and contradict and you know you're not yeah. in it anymore plus you know it always has that expect those that those levels of expectation whether they'll meet them they'll meet yeah. the book yeah or they'll just dissuade it you know it's just they won't they won't they won't meet yeah so it's nice to go in with a clear head and just take let the show take you on that journey yeah for sure well you've heard it from me and katie and we're definitely recommending you to <laughs> spend this lovely weekend watching catching up on bridgerton if you haven't watched season two or you're like what are we talking about i'll slap in a trailer just for you so you can hear what we're talking about imagine an audio do you think they have an audiobook version of bridgerton if they, if they have one with julie andrews that would be great oh wow that, that's a good one imagine if they did <laughs> yeah literally netflix you know what to do <laughs> dearest reader it has been said that competition is an opportunity for us to rise before our greatest of challenges. This is the season the Viscount intends to find a wife. You honestly just did that? I believe I did. Your Majesty, may I present Miss Kate Sharma and Edwina Sharma. I only hope they like me. All you have to do this evening is remember what it is you're looking for. Someone charming. And handsome, of course. I cannot be the only one wondering if this former capital R of Rake is ready to flourish. It is only out of the greatest love of my family that I aim to choose a bride with my head and not my heart. But any suitor wishing to gain an audience with Miss Edwina Sharma must first tame her sister. The sister. The sister. Newton is an excellent judge of character. Oh, see? Anthony will need all the help he can get. He seeks a wife only to fulfill his duty and does not believe in the true love you deserve. I should certainly not give him too much credit now, should we? <laughs> it is a poor player who plays the game and a wise one who plays their opponent. Are you in a losing mood? My mood shall remain unchanged. Can you really not see anything engaging about it? Yes, I suppose I can see how you might engage a person. Oh my, are you hurt? Come now, it is not proper to stare. It is a very powerful thing to meet someone and feel that you know them, unlike any other. After your father died, a wall went up inside you as if love had become some weakness instead of your greatest strength. Is this young lady truly won your heart? The one that makes it impossible for you to look away from them at any given moment. What happened? 
happens when duty is in conflict with the heart's true desire. Why then, there is the potential for a considerable scandal indeed. My honor is hanging by a thread that grows more precarious with every moment in your presence. sister to be happy. Can you make her happy? True love is worth it. Lady Whistledown's words carry far too much import. We must entrap the scribbler. Genius idea, ma'am. Yes, that is why I thought of it. Now, next on the itinerary, we have Fresh. Now, this is a film that came out in America on Hulu and in the UK, Disney+. Plus. The film bio, it's that it's the horrors of modern dating seen through the eyes of a young woman who is battling to survive her new boyfriend's unusual appetites. The film stars Sebastian Stan, Daisy Edgar-Jones, Andrea Bang, and a couple others. On average, the film is one hour 40. It doesn't feel that long. And... To throw it to you, how did you find Fresh? Uh, to be honest, is that all right? First, full disclaimer: mm. horror is not really my thing. Yeah, I get very jumpy mm. very easily. Yeah. So when I watched Fresh, mm-hmm. I watched it at Sundance Film Festival, well, Sundance Film Festival, virtu- uh, virtually, mm-hmm. at nine o'clock in the morning. Oh, it was not the first thing to. <laughs> it was the first thing to. I just essentially just poured some coffee and just sat down with it and um i think i was it was one it was just surprising Mm. um because when you first the first film first opens you have noah who's played by daisy edgar jones she's on this really bad date with this really inconsiderate asshole and and then she has this random meet cute with um steve who's yeah. played by Sebastian Stan, and he's like this really goofy, quirky kind of doctor type. And then and they go on a day and they dance and all that stuff. And then they go to his weekend place in the middle of nowhere. And then the credits hit and you're like, oh, no, <laughs> what are we going to be yeah. watching? Yeah. But the hints were already there because, you know, they were talking about, like, you know, um, no, I was talking about you know she wasn't really close to anybody and she yeah. didn't have re- many friends and Steve didn't have any social media network whatever yeah. and it was a bit like huh and then <laughs> it was like and then she was trying to text text her her bestie Molly who's yeah. played by Jojo jo- jo Gibbs and you know the reception was cutting out she said she didn't know where it was I was a bit like oh oh no yeah. <laughs> and then, so when when the title card hit hits, it's like, well, crap, <laughs> and then it just kind of snowballed into this really disturbing kind of yeah. journey of survival, and it's like, oh god, and then, needless to say, I didn't want to eat after this, <laughs> and I love I love spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah. Yes, it is in the Oh morning. my gosh, there's a uh, scene where they eat spaghetti and meatballs, isn't it? Yeah, I love spaghetti and meatballs. And, when she, and it, it looked really lovely, but then I was like, I don't know what meat that's from. And it's just like, oh that was the, so I, 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 yeah, so when the film finished, I was like, 
I think the fact that director Mimi K was able to just catch us so off guard mm-hmm. so drastically well, like what, yeah. half an hour into the film yeah that was a genius stroke because you kind of you're sitting down to enjoy this really quirky rom-com between these two weird yet cute people and then it just Don't you kind it. of just find yourself slouching slightly in fear <laughs> and and so when you know when the story kind of continues and Noah becomes you know captured yeah. it's just oh it's god it's so great <laughs> it's 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 I not the fact that she's captured that's wrong but it's just it's so it's so twisted yeah it's hard to not enjoy the twistedness yeah does that yeah. make sense uh-huh. no, it does. because because you know especially in stan he's great in this he's playing against type and he's this dancing cannibal butcher and he's just so happy yeah chopping up limbs to sell to people that threw me especially with the camera paneling it just came like and he's like massaging a calf and i looked yeah i looked and i was like is that is that really like that's that's someone's body part <laughs> he's massaging <laughs> someone's leg <laughs> on a chopping board okay and then from there I was like okay so I guess we're really going down the cannibalism avenue all right yeah, then. <laughs> yeah and then you have at the same but it's also quite smart because it also raises the dangers of like online dating yeah you hear those stories but you never really you know these are the kind of things that you would look out for. Yeah. For instance, telling someone where you are, mm-hmm. being aware, and and you know, I love Molly. I love the character of Molly in this because she is so smart. Yeah. She knows that she knew something was off when she yeah. was like when Noah didn't sign off with their with her her trademark signature. Yeah. She was smart to check the the photo that she was sent and all that stuff. And there's I think those are the kind of things that can't be taken for granted. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and also it shows how good, how such good friends they are. Yeah, yeah. Like when I was watching it as well, how adamant like Molly was to make sure that no was okay. Like, okay, you're not just gonna brush me off because he's a new guy. Let me let let's meet him. Let's see this. And then she went and, and spoke to my other friend that was working at the bar. And I was like, okay, if if I get taken or anything here's my location so she put in safety precautions for when or some if just in case something happened and no sadly something did happen but she was able at least the male friend I forgot his name was able to go and check <laughs> so go and check but he didn't even stay he heard a bang yeah. and then <laughs> no, you didn't have to. Just like, like, oh god dude no no you're supposed to be the hero. It's just like you could have been the hero and yeah. you just messed up completely. Yeah. Literally. And that's one less friend that you're gonna have to <laughs> okay. call. But um I think but I think with Steve, yeah, he's a bit of a psych he is a psycho, but I at least the film like took some time to kind of understand how, how his mind works. It wasn't the fact that he just hated women. Yeah. It wasn't just that because yeah. you know he had he was married and he had a and he had a family yeah. and you know and 
even though that marriage was quite cold. Yeah. And there was like a genuine interest in it, but and he wasn't so gross as like to eat them, you know, eat bloody eat it bloodied, like some yeah. like like Hannibal Lecter style. Yeah. He did offer some degree of class. Yeah, at the dinner day, he still no, I mean, he did this, the wine he did there, this. candles, music, even though he eats yeah. Yeah, with fancy cocktails and nifts in his swanky wooden home mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. And mm-hmm. I was a bit, <laughs> just so, but it was also great to see Sebastian Stan do something different. Yeah. I know that he was in, you know, he's in Pam and Tommy on, also on Disney Plus, but I think this one really just reaffirmed that he can do more than be the average, the average Joe Swab good looking hero guy so like um literally just to pick up on what you said i'm i'm really happy with the projects that he's picking because we're getting to see him in like different aspects and he's getting to show that i'm not just the guy that you know i've signed so many marvel contracts you know i've done a film in greece i'm you know i doing fresh i'm doing there's another um, olympic champion film that he did and he's just showing variety and i think that's it and as well as daisy daisy i i saw her from normal people and mm-hmm. so just seeing all the products that she's signing on to as well and seeing that she's making a name for herself and just showing people like yes i'm an actor give me good projects and i think the chemistry as well especially in the dance um scene that they had the, the yeah. last one the one where that um steve's house and you can see the chemistry. You can see that she's dying. She doesn't want to be there. But yeah. they're tune and it was really good. And yeah, I don't have any problems with Fresh. I don't think I did. No, I didn't. I, 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 I don't think I did either. I mean, there was a lot of, there was a lot of good dialogue mm-hmm. in the screenplay and, you know, Mimi Cave's direction. And I love the production design. It did mm-hmm. fit well with the, the, dark, the dark and seedy kind of mysterious. Yeah double life and then you have like the suburban white fence kind of um home that steve had with his wife and he had the chaotic nose chaotic apartment and all that stuff but all the pieces tend to fit complement the mm-hmm. the um the characters yeah. and the, it was just really well done yeah. i thought for especially for a debut film yeah it's really impressive when i was researching it and i found out that it was a debut film i was like wow okay like now it's you know hit it out the ballpark now to keep it you know on that kind of trajectory and I you know I'm hopeful when you saw the scene of him lifting up the painting and there was like boxes of so many girls's items how did how did that make you feel I was shocked. It did kind of, yeah it was it was quite shocking I mean we knew that Noah was quite quite drawn to that painting yeah at the very beginning yeah so kind of like she could have been very close to lifting that up yeah and seeing everything mm-hmm. but to see how many women yeah. victims yeah. that 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 steve has essentially killed mutilated mm-hmm. eaten yeah. all three <laughs> and it's it's that it's the, the idea of hiding so something so horrible under something that's that's beautiful yeah like even when they did a close-up you could see like teeth in the painting yeah i was like okay this is very on the nose now you know like, <laughs> it looks like the painting itself looks disturbing but you wouldn't actually think that it contains disturbing features like individuals teeth so 
to just see how basically how well you put it how he had chaos in one box and then why pick a fit the doctor da, 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 coming home to his wife and his kids you know like even the point where molly called noah's phone and it rang in steve's pocket I was, like, yeah. oh my I was like oh my gosh how is this gonna go like is the wife in on it like I, my head was going all over the place I need to find yeah. out to wake up and now Molly's been abducted so that was well put I feel like well-rounded as well especially when um Noah when they escaped and Noah had to run back to go get her phone and then she bumped into the wife then she had to kill the wife and then Molly had to run back and it was just to see the survival stuff like you mentioned earlier of them especially in the dark the yeah. phone having no signal they have one friend that's been decapitated it was just it was it was a lot but again it was beautiful to watch as um that's not a, that's, not, that's not the right way to put it especially about no, no no she wasn't decapitated she just had no like she was one legged one legged yeah andrea bang's character Penny, yeah i think yeah, yeah she yeah. she had one leg missing so they had to get her out there yeah. so but okay. <laughs> overall, I think I think we have we have a a good batch of films that we've we've reviewed this week. Well, films, yeah. um, projects, Bridgerton and Fresh, like especially with the name. Like when I heard about it, I was like, okay. Like somebody did tell me that it would like it would dance around cannibalism, but I didn't actually know it would be straight in your face. Yeah, I didn't think so either because <laughs> because because it was shown like in real time at Sundance and that's in Utah that's several hours behind mm. it was essentially part of their midnight program okay which they would use for cult and horror oh right realize and yeah. I did not put the two and two together <laughs> so it was my own fault but to be honest I'm glad I watched it because it was the kind it was one of those films that just blew me away yeah. I did I Soon as soon as I finished watching it, I was texting my friends, "You need to watch this film when it comes out," because because um, well, it was only, it was shortly acquired before it premiered at Sundance, so it already gotten good word of mouth. Okay. It was just a matter of just making sure that everyone knew to look out for it, especially because yeah. yeah, Searchlight had acquired it, so there was that up there was that possibility it would hit Disney Plus. It was just a matter of when. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, I I definitely in, would endorse this to anybody who mm. would stomach it yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was really good that was really good who stomach it like um talking about stomaching when they were eating when they were dining and um steve was like hinting that he cut off molly's breast and he was yeah. like oh, this taste this should taste familiar and i was just like oh my goodness like he's and he's giggling and he's having so much fun. Like I can finally be myself, um, you know, a human eater. <laughs> and even when they asked, like, when did this start? He was like, yeah, I was at school and I realized there's other people like me. And so we started doing it together. Like, okay, all right. That's one way to shed light to a different type of group of people. <laughs> it was, it, yeah, I don't think it was really clarified especially as Noah didn't I didn't think Noah really ate it I think she just played around with it yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember so um we never really find out whether Molly found out whether she yeah. was about to eat her yeah boob yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and but, um but uh, yeah I think the whole dinner scene was just really well played out because by that point they, he'd gone into a, a point of being comfort 
yeah. he was he was comfortable yeah. being around her because she was she she was probably the first captive mm. that showed any interest yeah in what he did especially as he had just cut her off literally so i think so for her and then she's just thinking she's trying not to break down but she ends up doing so yeah. knowing and that's the, the scale of what she has to endure mm-hmm. as well as what she has to keep her mind on i.e escape and survival yeah i think that was just very well played especially in a, in a scene that could be considered romantic you know mm. night candlelight wine nice nice dinner <laughs> yeah. i say that very loosely it <laughs> might be nice we'll never know <laughs> yeah for sure but would you recommend someone to watch this yes if yes. like i said they can stomach it <laughs> they could stomach it i would suggest mm. eating beforehand yes see i am vegan so i didn't have that problem i uh, went okay watched my and ate my salads <laughs> no, no cross-contamination but um yeah I, I agree I definitely recommend um to go watch fresh it's a different kind of film a nice a nice new take kind of how would I put it kind of different outlook in terms of cinematography as well because there's other actors there's other characters but it's really focused on two people and they carried the screen beautifully. I didn't feel like when is somebody else coming in to break it, it was it was good. Yeah, especially because you know you had you have two sides of this story that, and then you have layers on top of the story. They can they deliver layers on to what could have been a very boring, very stereotypical kind of horror thriller, yeah. but no, it was very, it was played really well. Mm-hmm. I I totally recommend this film. Yeah. And if you want to know what it sounds like, I'm going to slap in a trailer just for you to listen to. The women in our parents' generation, they just... They were more into femininity. You know what I mean? Because mm. I think you would just look great in a dress. You but I mean, if you were... Pretty much done, actually. Thank you. If it's cool, I'm just going to snag these leftovers. I don't know how you do it, Molly. Do what? Dating people. No, no. You do not need a man, okay? So don't play the games. Just be you straight out the gate. Do you live around here? Because I, I live on aisle six. That was terrible. It was kind of terrible. What's his Instagram? I want to stalk a little bit. Just have one. Say what? Yeah. Oh, no. See, that's, that's shady. Let's play a game. Tell me something you don't want me to know. I hate this. OK. <laughs> put all our hopes in finding happiness through someone else. Yeah. Girl, you are all digmatized and I haven't even seen this dude. What's going on? I'm gonna tell you, but you're gonna freak out. No, this isn't happening. Yeah, it's happening. No games. Know what you wanted? It's about giving. Giving yourself over to somebody. Becoming one forever. That's love. Forget this. It's a straight girl's fantasy come true, right?
Welcome back everyone. This is Film Happy Hour and I'm Snow, your host, and I'm still here with Katie. And now we're going into the segment of what to recommend or what not to recommend to watch. Now, Katie, I'll start with you. What do you have uh, for listeners? Uh, well, I will recommend a documentary that I watched at Sundance, but it is being shown at a couple of film festivals um, this spring. So I'm happy recommending this this is called fire of love by sara dosa it, it was national it was recently it was acquired by national geographic so fingers crossed it will hit um disney plus very soon it is a documentary about two volcanologists maurice and katia Kraft. they were french they were french scientists who um studied volcanoes so the uh, documentary is about their their journey their the findings as well as their relationship because they were very a very rare instance in the field because not, not many volcanologists were in a relationship let alone be married to each other but the the documentary is beautiful it has these really close really vibrant close-ups of volcanoes of lava and capturing the eruptions and but in the as well as you see the the really endure, endearing relationship between Maurice and Katya, who unfortunately died during a volcanic eruption in Japan. So this is a homage to them and to their work. Um, so yeah, I, I it has a very nice seventies vibe. It's very it's 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 quite. It doesn't seem it doesn't feel like a documentary. It feels like a a, a piece kind of it's kind of captured in time oh, that's i think that's kind of how that's it doesn't it didn't feel stuffy it's quite it felt retro in a way and i think that make that made it even more more captivating okay. so yeah fire fire of love by saradosa that sounds you, you've described it so well i'm literally like noting it down i'm like sorry <laughs> <laughs> I think because I'm trying to get um, more into documentaries I feel like especially with um, stuff like sea conspiracy and stuff like that I kind of want to broaden my education in terms of what's happening and not just fiction as well as, as great as fiction is you know we can't just rely on that and is there something you wouldn't I, I watched I watched Morbius last yeah. night okay it's it's a mess I hated it. <laughs> I really did. I there was nothing about it that was of any entertainment. It just felt clumsy. There was poor editing. There was poor dialogue. The special effects were just inconsistent. I mean, and Gerletto is not not exactly the most dynamic kind of screen presence especially with regards to superhero film. I mean, Suicide Squad is a comic book film. You can see what he did there. <laughs> so I just felt, I, I think I just felt angry and confused yeah. when the film finished, because especially with there's a post-credit scene, there, is, there are a couple of post-credit scenes. I'm not going to spoil it, but um, what they've done there, I feel that's a very bad move. It just didn't feel right, especially as especially what they kind of, competing with i think that's the best way to really put it without spoiling anything <laughs> if you haven't read slash heard of it about it <laughs> so if you do decide to watch this good luck to you <laughs> um, but, like politely trying to say i wouldn't recommend <laughs> but um 
I think your time and effort and entertainment value is better lies lies elsewhere. Okay. Love you. Well put. Um <laughs> I am watching uh Morbius tonight. So hopefully the thing is, I believe every single one of you, I mean like my Twitter <laughs> has literally back to back gone. What have I watched? What was that? How could they do this? <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, you know, once is okay. Two, coincidence. Three times, there's a running theme. So I completely believe you. <laughs> I can't, I, it's, it's so hard to, when you, you know, when you review something, you just, you do, you have to look out for everything. Yeah. And if you, nothing clicks, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not. Oh, I just, it just kind of it just I just felt so angry. Yeah. By the time what went at the end of the film, I just felt I just thought this is this is rubbish, <laughs> and I just kind of poured all my thoughts out that yeah. um, last night. Yeah. And it was just it was just like it was up like crap on top of uh-huh. crap, and it's like yeah. oh god, this is just. This is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's just full of crap. So yeah. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, it was an experience. Sorry, I'm just <laughs> 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 oh, just I love what we for here. Honestly, I'm watch it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. As it, the thing is, it's not just you. So all right. So yeah, I see what everyone else is seeing. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And I'm kind of like, I'm getting my um, my ticket and stuff ready, like my hands shaking because I'm like, like, am I really? Are you sure you want to go to the screen? You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> literally. So no, that... Batman is Batman's just right next door. No, I mean, like, <laughs> number nine, number ten. Ooh. <laughs> but I, you know what? The thing is, once I saw like Jared Leto casted and everything, in my head I already had my suspicions and whatever. So to find out that my suspicions were actually confirmed, it's kind of upsetting. But like, meh, you know. But I just feel like I, I, I said to my friend, my editor, it's like I said to him, it's like I would like to think there's some sense in his choice of performances, mm-hmm. but Morbius is not proving my point. <laughs> and it's like it's just what a Razzie. Okay. You know, as well for House of Gucci. Yeah, and it's like I can like I think deep down he probably wanted he wanted to do something different, but yeah. it just did not work. You know, it didn't. Come on, Jared, we're rooting for you. Yeah, like you've got the he has a a new show on Apple TV with Anne Hathaway. I've forgotten the name of it, and it looks promising only because it looks like something that he do. It looks culty. So yeah, I say that he's along those lines, but it just looks closer to home. Yeah, so I'm kind of looking forward to see that only because I I love Anne Hathaway; she's one of my favorite actors, and so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, what do I have to recommend? I have to recommend Moon Knights. Um, the first episode came out on Wednesday. That was the third. Oh, was this on Apple? Uh, no, on Disney Plus. Oh, Moon Knight. Sorry, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> I, I saw that. I, I think I haven't had a chance to catch, to catch it yet. Uh, um, I think it's one of. If I take One Division out of it, I think it's a beautiful first episode, 
I think yeah it was really engaging and again I'm kind of biased because I love Oscar Isaac but aside from that I think it was I think it was really good you may find the portrayal of the British accent pretty disturbing (laughs) (laughs) you know certain vernacular vocabulary you know certain things you feel eerie about you know you like your 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 ear will like cringe but if you take that stuff out it's pretty good it's it's okay i i might try i might i might try and catch it tonight okay and see if i can get past the second episode (laughs) (laughs) let me know what you think because um i feel like me and you get on really well in terms of (laughs) after (laughs) reviewing today i feel like me and you have the same taste so yeah maybe that's good (laughs) um and then i think what not to watch this is again depending on your age bracket me i think i wouldn't recommend watching by the dozen i i don't i don't i wouldn't recommend it like it just it's very on the nose and it's kind of on the nose to the point that it gets annoying that you want to take it off like i feel like if i was watching it with my siblings or like young kids like primary school kids they'd love it but high school upwards you're not really going to resonate yeah, the, i think yeah the i'm guessing the comedy is not yeah it, it it's not it ties in with certain generations yeah i think so and i think it just i wasn't the target audience which is fair enough you know you know because i don't go and watch paw patrol because i'm not the target audience so <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i mean so i get it but if you're someone that thought it would be like a typical disney film um that is all inclusive kind of like oh it's for kids but you know i kind of liked watching it too yeah no this isn't one of them gabrielle union also and she you know they did what they had to do you know they did what they had to do so i'll give them that and we've come to the end of the episode oh my goodness that went by really really quick wow yeah um thank you so much for coming on (laughs) thank you thank you for having me you've been a great sport literally you've made me laugh a couple I think you've made me laugh the hardest out of all my guests oh god <laughs> no that's a good thing that's a really good thing um oh, I'm glad thank you so much for um offering up your time sacrificing it being here with me and talking about film um is there anything you would like to tell the listeners anything that you're doing that's coming out late soon or uh well um I hope to catch um uh, Fantastic Beasts, Secrets of Dumbledore yes. uh, next week. So I'll be reviewing that as well. And I've also got a, my latest review for New Scientist, okay. um, which is about the documentary about the 52 Hertz well, if you were interested about that. Mm-hmm. It is out in the next issue of New Scientist, which is out on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And if you want to follow me, you can find, find me on Twitter at Katie Smith Wong. That's Katie with an IE. Okay, you've heard it here first, guys. You've been listening to Film Happy Hour. I am your host, Snow, and I had the wonderful guest, Mrs. Katie Smith-Wong. Thank you so much. Have a lovely weekend, both everyone listening as well as you, Katie. And thank you. You take the wrap from us. <laughs>